You are listening to The Stimulus Podcast. Mmm, a little bit of funk there. You know, gotta mix it up now and then. And maybe we'll keep that one. I kind of like that sound. Hello, my friends. Rob Orman here. Welcome back. I guess you could say I'm, I'm welcoming myself back, too, since we've been on a bit of hiatus. And for those of you new to the show, what we do here is break down strategies, ideas, and tactics to live and work with intent with the motto, don't just suck it up, think differently. Stimulus is a production of Orman Physician Coaching, where we help docs work through burnout, overwhelm, leadership challenges, maladaptive habits and behaviors, professional growth, and personal development. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can find it all at our brand new website, roborman.com. That's where you'll find the complete show notes of this or any other episode. You can learn about one-on-one coaching and sign up for a free coaching discovery session. That is something that was kind of challenging to do on the old site. It wasn't super clear, but alas, we are all set up for it now. Booyashaka. All right, on to the show. When someone asks you, how's it going? How you doing? What goes into the arithmetic of how you answer that question? Well, the chances are that your answer is something like this. Pretty good. Yeah, doing well. Doing all right. Doing fine. Yeah, what, some permutation of that. But if you stopped and paused, really took stock of how your life was going, then how would you answer that question? What would be the different parts of your life that you would look at to weigh your assessment of how it was? And this is something that comes up in coaching pretty often at some point. Now, when speaking with docs, especially those who are experiencing some degree of burnout, oftentimes there's an imbalance in life. I'm intentionally not saying work-life balance because I don't think there is such a thing as work-life balance because work is just a part of life. It's just life balance. And there's an exercise I have clients go through that I want to talk about on this episode because I think you might find something useful here. And it's inspired by the design thinking of Bill Burnett and Dale Evans, who wrote the seminal classics, Designing Your Life and Designing Your Work Life. And I think it's really clever what they do is approach life from the perspective of engineering and design. And in engineering and design, you build prototypes, you build iterations, you see what works, what doesn't, you test it, take that information, and then build the next iteration, the next permutation. And this is the epitome of approaching life in an intentional way, designing it so that it is what you want it to be rather than it's just some random chance where you don't have agency and you're just kind of muddling through. And one of the brilliant tools that they come up with, and I've found to be so effective in helping clients take a pause and take stock of their lives you know, see where they might be oversubscribed, if you will, overtaxed or on the flip side, underinvested. It's kind of this life dashboard or panel of gauges or a cluster of buckets. Use whatever metaphor you want, but it comes down to this. When thinking about the quality of life, where does the energy go that you are putting into life? And one way to slice this is four distinct yet overlapping areas. Health, work, love, and play. And the graphic that I have clients go through is a gauge from empty to full 
with this extra bonus option of beyond full, about to explode. Usually the red light about to explode only gets applied to work because sometimes there, you know what, you're beyond full. It's danger, danger, blinking red light, system failure imminent. So on this dashboard where you've got the four different gauges, health, work, love, and play, we start with health. Because health is the foundation of all of the other gauges or buckets. And health doesn't just mean physical health. It's also emotional, mental, spiritual. Now, physical health is certainly part of it, but not the only parts. So where would you rate yourself on your health gauge? Is it needing some attention? Are you intentionally invested in your physical, emotional, mental, spiritual health? And, and let me pause on that spiritual health for a moment. When I say spiritual health, that means different things to different people. There is no one answer of what exactly that has to fit into. And it might or might not be something that's part of your life. For some, that might mean religion. For others, it might mean a meditative or philosophical practice. And for some, it means, I, you know, I don't really care. Next question, please. But when it comes to health, overall health and the components within, the answer of the question of where you fall on that health gauge from empty to full or how full is your bucket, it's up to you. And this is the case for all of the gauges that we're going to be talking about. It's the feeling of how you're doing in that area, because there's no rubric that leads to you getting a particular score. And sometimes it helps to write a narrative to think of all of the things that might apply here. For example, we're talking about health right now. So someone's health narrative, either written down or in their mind, might say something like this. I exercise four days a week, both cardio and weights. My lipids have been rising. I'm approaching that with diet, and I'm going to start a statin if my cardiovascular risk goes above 10%. I'm working on this with my primary care doctor. I meditate every morning. I journal twice a week. My sleep has been fair. I recently purchased a sleep tracker, found that my sleep quality is particularly poor after a string of shifts. That's something I'm going to start working on, et cetera, et cetera. So where would that fall on the health gauge? Where would you fall on the health gauge with this? Would it be half full, three quarters full, nearly full? I don't know. It's up to you. It's up to the person where they subjectively place their health on the health gauge. And next is work. We talk a lot about work on this show, strategies to live and work with intent. Usually when people reach out to me, there is a significant aspect of work challenge that is involved. But the thing is that work is just another bucket in the totality of what goes into making your life. And when we say work, what it means is, okay, what, what do you mean by work? All right. So the easy answer is someone asks you, hey, what do you do? The answer to that, that's work. And the easy answer to that is what you get paid for. But stay at home parent, that's work housework, caring for a family member who's ill, caring for a family member, shuttling the kids around, volunteering. There's all sorts of things that are work and could be work that you don't get paid for. So that goes into consideration of what's going on with this gauge. But for this audience, what work means for many is working clinically with patients, working in a hospital or a clinic or both. And the gauge setting for work I found can be really challenging to figure out where to put it. Is it empty? Is it full? Is it over full because you're feeling burnt? I don't know. Maybe it's going to be less than empty because you're feeling so depleted. Whereas another person going through the same thing, having the same emotions might put that over full that the warning light is blinking. Warning, warning. Same situation, same feeling. It doesn't really matter. It all has to do with taking a look at your life in total once all four gauges are filled out and saying, 
How does my balance look? What needs attention? So we've got health, we've got work. And the next gauge to assess is love. What does that mean, love? These are your connections. And romantic love is certainly part of it with your significant other if you have one, but there's also family connection, friends, community. And it's not just the love you give, it's also the love and attention you receive. How are things going with your love gauge? And in the show notes for this episode on the website, actually you won't see it in your podcatcher show notes because we simply can't put graphics on there. But on the website, we'll have a couple different graphical examples of what these gauges can look like. So now we've got work, health, love, and the final gauge, the final bucket is play. And when you hear that, play, it might sound completely effet and self-indulgent. You know, I don't have time for that nonsense, but especially for the audience of this show, many of whom were overtaxed before the pandemic began, play, I think, is vital because play is one area that allows us to massively recharge. It's not the only area. There are other buckets, other places besides play that can help recharge, but oftentimes play, true play is a nearly empty gauge. And I think play is so important because the work that you do, especially if you're in healthcare right now, but there's many areas that are taxed and stressed, that work is tough and it is wearing. It takes tremendous physical, mental, emotional, and even spiritual energy. You know what it feels like at the end of the day when your tank is empty or nearly so. It needs to be refilled. You need to recharge. How do you refill and recharge? I don't know the answer to that for you, but for me, some aspect of refilling it has to do with play. So what is the definition of this bucket? So what gets to go here on this gauge? It's what you do simply for the joy of doing it. If you're doing it to compete or you're doing it with a specific goal in mind, that's not play. Now, there's nothing wrong with doing things that way, but that's not what goes in this bucket or on this gauge. What do you do simply for the joy of doing it. For me, it's reading and cycling. Now, there are some times when I work out on my bike trainer in the garage and I'm racing with my friend, Rand Tobers, and I'm doing that primarily for health or just connection and fun with him. I have a specific goal in mind, but that's not pure joy. Sometimes there's overlap with that. Sometimes there is. But how do you know? How do you know if what I'm doing or what I do or the, the balance of my play gauge when it comes to play, the word I want you to remember, and I, you know, I might even make a separate newsletter out of this because it's a really subtle point that gets lost in the activities we do. And the word is atelic, A-T-E-L-I-C. And I actually learned that word last year from the book 4,000 Weeks written by Oliver Berkman, excellent book on mortality, 4,000 weeks being the average amount of time we have in our lives. But Atelic, the root word of this is telos or telic, T-E-L-I-C, meaning directed toward a goal or purpose. And this concept of telos or purpose traces back to Aristotle. I talked a lot about the telos and purpose is critical to living a purpose-driven life, purpose-driven work. I mean, that is often the most fulfilling. So taking the time to focus on the atelic without purpose may seem contrary to much of what gets discussed on this show, much of the areas where, you know, you hear like, all right, here's, here's, your, here's the approach to life, working with purpose and intent. But there are times when you might want to take a step back from that telos, shift from the telic 
to the atelic. And I can't tell you what it means to you to have an atelic activity. And as I said before, I think things can overlap. Let's say you go to coffee or tea with a friend. That is recharging love and connection. You are giving and receiving. But what's the point in that? The point is just the activity in itself. Generally, you're not going with a particular purpose in mind. You know, maybe for you, it's going for a drive or taking a walk or just sitting on a chair looking at the clouds. I don't know. It's just whatever you're doing, and it doesn't matter how far you go, how long you do it, there's not a purpose. It's the joy in the activity itself. So where is the atelic in your life? There's nothing wrong with being goal-oriented and having tasks you want to complete and benchmarks you want to reach in life. You know, you got to get stuff done. But when everything is telic, everything is for a goal or a purpose, quoting from Buckman's book, quote, when your relationship with time is almost always instrumental, the present starts to lose its meaning. Now, we've got our four gauges, health, work, love, and play. There are, of course, many ways to break down the different quanta of life. This is but one. It's one, however, that I found to be profoundly effective and easy to understand and also graphically easy to see. And now you have that and you look at the dashboard and your four gauges and ask yourself, how's it going? Is there an imbalance? Is something oversubscribed, underinvested, running on fumes, overtaxed? The answer can only be interpreted by you. Because if I just look at your dashboard and say, oh, looks like there's an imbalance, that actually means nothing. And, and here's an example of that. Let's say your work is really full and the other areas are kind of you know, below half. And you'd look at that and say, oh, wow, well, you got a big imbalance here. But you know, maybe it's that your group needs extra coverage for this month, or you're writing a book, you know, these things that are temporary, and you know, it's going to take a lot of work time situations, where you're aware that the other buckets are going to be a little less full during that time, there might be an imbalance there. But for what you've got going on in your life, it might be just fine. In fact, there might be another gauge on there, you think, Oh, yeah, that's what's actually out of balance. And what I mean by this is that all of it is a value judgment. But when you look at it, you ask yourself, how's the balance? And now here is the masterstroke, the big thing to get out of this. The question you pose to yourself after you kind of get that general sense of what the balance is. What is one thing you want to do to try to put this dashboard in better balance for you? What is one gauge you want to move to the right or the left? One bucket you want to fill more or empty more? What is the one action to do? And why is this important? One action. Because this dashboard, it can bring up dozens, if not hundreds of ideas or insights. But if you try to do them all at once, what's going to happen? You know, what, right? you know what's going to happen? Nothing. Nothing's going to happen. You got to start with one. If you've ever learned how to juggle, which we did in fifth and sixth grade physical education class at Aspen Middle School, you start with one ball. You throw one ball up and down in your hand. Because if you start with seven balls, it's going to be a disaster. They all wind up on the floor and there's going to be no juggling at all. So you start with one. What is the one thing you would want to do to change the balance on this dashboard? And then once you have that, you take the first step. And that is, what is the first step you need to take in order to make this rebalancing happen? And that is it for today. For complete and detailed show notes, to subscribe to our newsletter or learn more about our one-on-one -on -one coaching program, 
You can find all that and more at roborman.com. If you dig the show, hit the subscribe button in your podcatcher so you don't have to use that vital brain space to remember to download a new one. It'll just pop right up like a spring daisy. Until the next time, my friends, be well and keep on rocking.